Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, Journey for Margaret. The starring players, Robert Young, Anita Louise, Margaret O'Brien, and Billy Savern. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in Journey for Margaret, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's production of W.L. White's deeply moving story of England's war-orphaned children. It stars Robert Young as John Davis, Anita Louise as his wife, Nora Davis, six-year-old Margaret O'Brien as Margaret, and four-year-old Billy Severn as Peter. Sorry, Margaret. <laughs> I guess I'm still not used to your calling me Daddy. What are you writing, Daddy? I'm writing a story. About what? Oh, about you and me and a couple of other people. Now, uh, suppose you run along and play so Daddy can work. All right, Daddy. You work hard. Margaret just came in and talked to me. Gentle, serious, wonderful little Margaret. She's our girl now. Margaret Davis, daughter of John Davis, foreign correspondent. That's me. And Mrs. Davis. That's Nora. This really started the first day we got back to London. Nora and I had been through a lot those last few months. Poland, Norway, Holland. All the hopeless horror of the fall of France. Now back in London again, sitting in the third floor room of our hotel, we were having a drink. Nora was drinking milk, of course. John... I know it's sacrilege, with milk, I mean. But we ought to drink to something. Nora, I want you to go home. I'm sorry. Motion denied. Oh, please go. For me. For us. Go back to New York. 
to have our baby there. No, John. Please, Nora. You saw what they did to Rotterdam. You were in France. They'll do it here, too. I imagine they will. But they're still having babies in London, even in Rotterdam. I can't run away from life, John. Neither can you. I might have known you'd just make a speech. Oh, I'm sorry, darling. I didn't mean to get maudlin. You know, I'd better have a drink of your whiskey. I've got to sober up. That was Nora. Brave, gallant Nora who never once complained. Not even when I had to leave her in the hotel room alone. It was about a week later, I think, my first London raid. I was out in the street with Herbert Allison, head of our London office. I guess it must have been pretty bad. The Heinkels roaring up there in the dark and the ack-ack making an awful clatter. That was close, John. Pretty rough on you to drag you out tonight. Oh, forget it. If I didn't come out tonight, what would I write about tomorrow? Well, what will you write about anyway? Meaning what? Now, let's face it, old boy. That stuff you've been turning out is terrible. Straight out of the icebox. Don't forget I've got to keep a weather eye on the sensor. The sensor wouldn't cut the stuff I want. The sort of copy you sent from Madrid. I'll wager those stories even made the telegraph girls cry. Well, that was before Munich. Before Czechoslovakia and before France. I can't blame it on that, John. It's you. You've changed. You don't get mad anymore. Now, if you could get mad the way you used to... A man to, can't go on feeling forever. There's a limit. By and by, he finds himself dead. That's why I can't get mad. I'm dead. Somebody Perhaps. Oh, look, 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 there's something across the way. Direct hit, I think. Come on. Yes, somebody found a telephone. Call it in. Gas and water lines broke. Up to it now and stand by with the ambulance. What was it, Warren? A direct hit? Oh, yes, sir. Direct hit it was, sir. Family in the name of Humphreys. Mother and son. Bring the little lipper out here now. Here they are. I'll hold it, nurse. Thank you. Now, if we could get him to give up that little wool lamb. I'll get it. Look, son, uh, let me hold the lamb for you, will you? I'll give it back. Honest, I promise. That's a good fellow. Now, go ahead, nurse. I don't think anything's broken. Shock, perhaps. Anything hurt you, son? Your arms? No, don't hurt. Oh, good. I'll take him along. Come along, soldier. You're going to be fine. The cowards. The filthy, rotten cowards to hit a kid like that. What's the matter, John? Get it mad? Oh, cut it out, Alice. I'm sorry. What are you going to do with that lamb? Lamb? Say, I forgot to give it back. I'd keep it if I were you. Prop it up on your typewriter when you get back to the office. Thanks, but I'm not going back to the office right now. I think I'll go home and look in on Nora. May I have my key, please? Room 319. Uh, yes, sir. I know, sir. Room 319. What's the matter? Anything wrong? Uh, I'm afraid so, sir. Demolition bomb hit a sharp angle. Hit about the fifth floor. My wife. Well, you see, sir... My wife? Sir Medlin's Hospital, Bayswater Road. I think you'd better hurry, sir. I think you can see her now, Mr. Davis. Just a few minutes, though. I gave her a hypodermic. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, before you go in, one thing you ought to know. I had to operate. Operate? Well, why? There was a lesion from bomb percussion. She'll be all right. She's got to be all right. She will be. Of course, she won't be having another baby. You mean for a long time? Ever. Ever? 
You mustn't let her know that yet. The full truth right now would make it worse. Do you understand? Yes, yeah, I understand. Uh, can I go in now? I think so. Nora. Hello, Cookie. Nora. Nora, darling. Lean down, John. I want to touch your face. Like this? Will this do? Mm-hmm. For now. They gave me something to make me sleep, they said. Only it doesn't feel like sleep. It feels like dying. Oh, uh, dope always does that to you. It doesn't matter. They've killed my baby. All our babies. Tomorrow's babies. The day after tomorrow's. All our babies. Forever dead. Who told you such nonsense? No one told me. It's true, isn't it? Darling, please, go to sleep now. What did I want babies for? It was just a dream. Everything's a dream. That's the hypo working. (laughs) You're very drunk, my darling. I don't want to be a dream. I don't want to be a dream. Nora, let go. Try to get some rest. I want to be real. Flesh and blood. I don't want to be a ghost. Nora, honey. A ghost. Beautiful ghost. I'll be a ghost. And you'll be a ghost. The whole world crawling with ghosts. Nora. She's sleeping now. You can come back tomorrow. Thank you, Doctor. And I'd suggest you leave that little wool lamb at home. It might make her think of things she'd rather forget. As soon as Nora could travel, I sent her back to the States. She was so quiet and so bitter, I thought the change might help. I had to stay, of course. I had my work. Maybe Allison was smarter than I knew. He asked for some articles on the Rizik Children's Home. It was there I found an old young friend who kept a promise I had made. Mr. Davis, you're sure it's the same boy? I was sure of it when I saw him yesterday. That's why I brought his lamb. It's a bit ragged, a little on the depressing side. That doesn't matter. It will make a link with his past. It might get him to talk. He scarcely said a word since he came to us. Here he is, Miss Strauss. Oh, thank you, Jenny. Come in, Peter. I want you to meet John Davis. Well, Peter, have you lost your tongue? Well, that's all right, Miss Strauss. Peter, I'm glad to see you again. I brought you something that belongs to you. A nice woolly lamb. No! But I promised I'd give it back. He's an old friend of yours. My Look. lamb? The same one. Here. Lamb. You ran away, lamb. Oh, lamb. Thank heaven. He's an awful lamb. Awful! He spoils his soup and throws his spoon down the pipe and wets his knickers. He's awful. Oh, lad. And we'll never take him away from you again, Peter. Never. Now take him upstairs and get ready for tea. Yes, we go. Goodbye, Peter. Oh, no. You come, too. Well, some other time. I'll be seeing you. You sure? You promise? Of course I promise. 
All right. Come along, lamb. We go see. Poor little devil. He likes you. It appears you've become something of a link yourself. <laughs> yes? I was told to ask for Mrs. Strauss. I'm Miss Strauss. Uh, I'm Mrs. Harris, and uh, this is Margaret. I'm her foster mother, her latest foster mother, that is. There were two others before me, but I'm afraid none of us could handle the child. I'd rather we discussed it alone. Oh, little Margaret and I have no secrets. It's just that she won't T-A-L-K, or eat her F-O-O-D. And nobody's been able to pry her loose from that incendiary B-O-M-B. <laughs> I'm sure if you'll just leave her with us. Oh, she does that curious thing all day long. Always rubbing her hands into her eyes like that. Yes, I see. I believe I know how oh, to... Oh, not that we don't think it was a privilege, you understand. My husband and I both felt it was... Good a... day, Mrs. Harris. Oh, well, uh, goodbye. That woman is worse than a raid. And much more dangerous. Well, Margaret, we're glad to have you here. Just stands there and rubs your eyes. Yes. Margaret, would you like to cry? Would you like to cry, dear? You can, you know. You can cry if you want. You won't smack me? You smack won't you. smack me if I tell her? Why, of course not. Of course not. We'll never spank little girls. If you feel like crying, go on and cry. That's it. That's it, Margaret. Go ahead and cry. I really ought to be getting along, Miss Strauss. I'm way overdue at the office. You've been wonderful with the children, Mr. Davis. <laughs> well, having tea was fun, but giving them a bath, that's a little out of my line. <laughs> they like you. I told them you'd come in to say goodnight. Right in there. Well, I... Oh, oh well, I... Uh... Children, you still up? Bye, Mr. Davis. Peter, why aren't you asleep? You're not asleep. Well, 6.30 isn't my usual bedtime. Now, go to sleep. You too, Margaret. I want my Imagician box. Well, there it is, right by your cot. The planes are coming. A bomber. No, it isn't. It's just our guns chasing the bombers away. Sounds like a bomber to me. going to sleep, Margaret. You go to sleep, too. Is it a German plane? No, it's one of ours. Is it dropping bombs now? No. No, it's going away. No? Yes, now. You hear? It's going away. God, I don't like German planes. They won't hurt you if I can help it. You sound awfully mad. I am awful mad. But not at you. Now, uh, go to sleep. Will you sleep here, too? Well, if, if, if you want me to. I want you to. You didn't say your prayers. Well, I'll say them later. I want you to say them now. I want you to say your prayers now. Dear God. Dear God, take care of Nora and Margaret and Peter and all the others. Me? Please keep me mad, God. Please keep me mad.
Before the curtain falls on the first act of Journey for Margaret, starring Robert Young, Anita Louise, Margaret O'Brien, and Billy Severn. Before the curtain rises on the second act, a word from our hostess, Lady Esther. I have always said there are no truly unattractive women. There are only women who don't know how to make themselves look interesting and exciting. Let me tell you about a little incident that proves my point. A woman came into a room full of people one day, and no one even noticed her. She looked so drab and so plain. We got to know each other rather well during the evening, and I offered to prove to her that the right makeup could transform her appearance. So we went into the dressing room, and I removed all the heavy powder that made her skin seem dry and hard. Then I took a nice clean puff and carefully powdered her face and neck with Lady Esther powder. She could hardly believe her eyes as she saw her skin take on a look of radiant new life and freshness. Why, my skin looks so much younger, she said. And this powder even makes my eyes look brighter. Or do I just imagine it? I told her no, it wasn't her imagination. I told her that Lady Esther face powder is deliberately planned to be flattering to the skin, the hair, the eyes. I told her I used hurricanes, twin hurricanes, to blow the powder and color together instead of just mixing them in the usual way. And I explained that it was this hurricane blending that made Lady Esther face powder new in texture and new in shade, a face powder that has made millions of women look more youthful and more attractive. Well, this time when she entered the room full of people, many eyes turned in her direction, admiring her. And I knew I had proved beyond the question of a doubt that Lady Esther face powder had transformed her appearance. And now the curtain rises on the second act of Journey for Margaret, starring Robert Young as John Davis, Anita Louise as his wife Nora, Margaret O'Brien as Margaret, and Billy Severn as Peter. As the days passed, I saw a lot of Margaret and Peter. And when Allison decided to send me to the States for a vacation, I cabled Nora asking her if I could bring the children home with me. When she didn't answer my cable, I phoned. Allison and I waited hours for the call to get through, and then... Hello? Yes, I'm ready. Hello, Nora? Nora? Yes, John. It's me. Oh, gosh, I'm glad. You you didn't answer my cable. Well, I, I just got it, John. I've been away in the country. I, I haven't been feeling so well. Nora, I know you. You're not trying to get better. Well, maybe I wasn't, but I am now. Oh, John, it's a wonderful idea. I'm so excited. I know, but which one, the boy or the girl? Oh, darling, you can't ask me to decide. Well, you can't ask me either. If you knew them, Nora... Oh, then, then, darling, bring them both. Both? Are you sure? Of course. I mean, really sure? Oh, John, dear, come home and find out. Oh, Cookie, you're wonderful. I'll cable you tomorrow. Allison, she said yes, she wants them both. So I surmised. Now all you have to do is to get them passage. (laughs) 
you see, if I can get them on my plane to Lisbon, we can take a boat to New York. No, I'm sorry, Mr. Davis. I'm afraid it's hopeless. Hopeless? Your plane is booked to the teeth. So is every plane for weeks. We're just two little kids. We could squeeze them in. We sit in the aisle, the washroom, the... Look, Miss Fleming, why can't I take them as my luggage? It's certainly irregular, but I, I might... You could? Uh, I think so. But then you're allowed only 40 pounds. Well, that's not enough for two kids. Maybe not enough for one. But suppose they're both under 40 pounds. I could take one and, and get another passenger to take the other. If you can persuade them, you're a genius. I'll give you the names. Miss Fleming, I've never seen you before. Perhaps I'll never see you again. But I love you. I'll love you all my life. <laughs> I know it's a strange request, Mrs. Bailey, but I've tried all the other passengers and been turned down. I'll make it up to you for everything you have to leave behind. If you'll take this child... I... Mr. Davis, I'm going to live with my daughter in Canada. I have no one else left. My husband and my son... Oh, I'm sorry. It isn't easy to choose one 40-pound package that will represent 50 years of living. Those few things I can't give up. Well, you've been very patient, Mrs. Bailey. Thank you, and I do understand. them was just over 40 pounds, Miss Strauss, if I just didn't have to choose. But they're both under 40 pounds, and you do have to choose. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, this one stay, this one go, I can't. And I must make your decision for you. You? Yes, I'm used to it. Here we must make decisions every day. You wait here. You will know which one in a minute. Fine spot to be in. I didn't like them both. They weren't so sweet. One of them didn't like me, I... Yes, Margaret? Judy says to tell you it's a girl. A girl? Margaret, darling. Oh, Margaret, darling. I hope it's the right one, Mr. Davis. Could there be a wrong one? Margaret! Margaret! Does he know? I tried to explain. He's so attached to her. Margaret goes away. I goes too. I wish it were that easy, son. But I want to go too with my Mr. Davis. Well, look, Peter, you'll be having a lot of fun. You'll go to live somewhere in the country, maybe. There'll be horses and cows and sheeps, uh, sheep and uh, real live lambs. Don't walk. I'll send you some presents, too. A nice new teddy and, and maybe an elephant. Don't walk. Of course you do. I'll send them to Trudy for you. Don't walk. All he wants is that little ragged lamb of his. Look at the way he holds on to it. I know. Peter... I'm leaving you, but it isn't because I want to. I like you, Peter, and someday I'll come back. Someday soon. Oh, oh, gosh. It's getting late, Mr. Davis. You don't want to miss that plane? Yes. Peter, will you say goodbye? Please, Peter. No, wait, don't leave like that. Peter, wait. Forgive me. I think it's better so. Yeah, I guess you're right. Besides, I... Well, you said yourself it's getting late. Well, uh, we better be going. Goodbye, Trudy. Goodbye. I only wish you could be taking both of them.
there's the plane. There's the plane, Daddy. What did you call me? Daddy, would you be my daddy when we get to America? America and everywhere else. I want to go to America right now. Well, then we better get aboard. Unless you've got a secret pair of wings. No, Daddy, I haven't got no wings. <laughs> Margaret! Margaret! Look, Daddy, look! It's Peter! Peter? Now, I go still with my Mr. Davis. Peter, how did you get here? Who brought you? I did, Mr. Davis. I found I could do without that 40-pound package after all. Mrs. Bailey, I... I... I, I don't know what to say. Well, then don't say it. Somehow after you left, I never felt more lonesome in my life. Up to the last moment, I was resolved. But then I made the mistake of calling your office, and almost instantly there was a lady at my house with a child, a Miss Strauss. Mrs. Bailey, this is a wonderful thing that you're doing. My son was in the RAF. Now, shall we go aboard? I guess this is almost the end of the story. By plane to Lisbon and by boat to New York. We're coming up the harbor now, and I ought to take the youngsters out on deck. New York at night is something they'll remember all their lives. Something I'd rather like to see again myself. No, those are the lights of New York City. The biggest city you ever saw. What's it got lights on for? To light up the city, just like... Didn't you children ever see a city with its lights on? No. What's it got its lights on for? Well, because that's the way all cities look when they're not afraid of being bombed. When they're not right in the war. Is a miracle right in the war? Well, only a few days now. Daddy, we stopped. There's a lot of people getting on from that little boat. <laughs> Newspaper men like Daddy. What's it got its lights on for? Well, Peter, you see... John. It... John H. Davis. Nora. I chiseled my way under the press boat. Oh, darling. Oh, Mr. Davis. And Mr. Davis, Jr. And Margaret. Oh, golly. We saw the lights. All the lights are on. No, they're not. They're going out. Out? Nora, what's that, a blackout? Yes, John. New York's blacking out. The lights are going out. Are you frightened, Margaret? No, Margaret's not frightened. But what's it putting the lights out for? They're putting them out. They're putting them out because all the lights of all the cities of the world must go out before any of them can go on again. Will they go on again? Yes, dear. Just as soon as the war is over. And when they do, not anything. Not anyone will ever put them out again. Will I see? Yes, Margaret. You'll see. Thank you, Billy Severn, Margaret O'Brien, Robert Young, and Anita Louise for your grand performances and Journey for Margaret. Well, Mr. Bradley, it's always a pleasure to appear on these programs for the benefit of the Motion Picture Relief Fund. But tonight, the pleasure was double for me 
by having had the opportunity to work with two such talented children as Margaret O'Brien and Billy Severn. Most of us could learn a lot about acting from them. In just a moment, we'll be back to tell you about next week's exciting show. But first, a word from one of our foremost beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Louise. These are very busy days for most of us. And you know that's one of the reasons so many women are changing to Lady Esther face powder. It stays on so long and stays so fresh and so flattering that busy women don't need to keep stopping and retouching their makeup. But that's only one of the reasons. I just wish you could read the many letters I get. Some women say they never saw such exciting powder shades. Others are thrilled by the way Lady Esther face powder hides little lines and blemishes. And so many women write and tell me my powder makes their skin look softer and more youthful. Now, if you could see how Lady Esther face powder is made, you'd know why it's so much more flattering than ordinary powder. First, it's just mixed in the usual way. But then you would see something happen to Lady Esther face powder which happens to no other powder. You would see it blown by hurricanes. Color and powder blown together at terrific speed. And you would see it come from this patented twin hurricane blending, a miracle of smoothness. The colors so perfectly merged that the shades are a lot more interesting and exciting on your skin. Just try Lady Esther face powder and see why more lovely women now use it than any other kind. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Pittsburgh. It will star Marlena Dietrich, Randolph Scott, and John Wayne. Be sure to listen. Robert Young will soon be seen in Slightly Dangerous. Billy Severn can soon be seen in Man Down Under. Margaret O'Brien is soon to be seen in Dr. Gillespie's Criminal Case. All Metro-Golden-Mayer productions. Anita Louise recently appeared in the play Mr. and Mrs. North. Music on tonight's program arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. To save materials, buy the larger size of Lady Esther face cream. Thank you. Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>